coming to you from the studios of 3411 Coworking. Welcome to another great episode of Between Two Trains. My name is Theo, and I'd like to introduce you to our co-hosts, Van Pappas of Oxygen Financial and Jason Wheelock of Compass Realty. And now, Between Two Trains. Welcome to another episode of Between Two Trains, a bi-monthly business podcast. I'm your host, Van Pappas, and once again, my good friend and great uh, real estate agent, the expert uh, with Compass Realty, Jason Wheelock. Jason, welcome back once again to the show. How are hey, you? Hey, Van. Hey, you always make me blush when you say things like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So I'm glad to be back once again. So Jason, last uh, episode, you refreshed us about Compass Realty. Yeah. Um, and uh, we hope that that's going well here now about two months into your thing. So, you know, is there anything that we need as citizens to worry about in the real estate market? You know, do we have another 2008 coming or are we pretty safe at this point? What's your view on that? You know, if I had a crystal ball, they'd probably put me in a room somewhere. Um, but here's what I would say. I, I seriously doubt we're faced with any kind of apocalyptic crash. Um History says every 35, 40 years we go through something significant like that. It's been pretty repeatable. Um, and I believe that we are in line for a correction. So if you are uh, at a point where you're thinking about buying or selling, there's various reasons why you want to buy or sell at high markets or low markets, right? Um, but trying to time the market is a very um futile thing to do just like your business right timing the market is almost impossible it's, it is impossible in fact a funny story i actually would always tell people like you said if i had a crystal ball i could tell you exactly what and many years ago i had an elderly client that for christmas you gave me a crystal ball she said here you go you're always talking about you know if you had a crystal ball here's your crystal ball do you bring that on your appointments now <laughs> so um a number of months months ago though you mentioned to me and it might not have been on the air that in the residential real estate market, we had only about a two-month supply. Is that mm -hmm. still the case, or is that stretching out some? Yeah, and that, that's sort of a broad stroke because it depends on the price range. In the higher-end market, you're going to see um, significant amounts of inventory comparatively, and history always says that, right? There's just more on the market the higher you go. Um, there are certain markets that remain very low on inventory, especially in the entry level first time home buyer market. Uh, but I would say across the board, we haven't seen the latest statistics quite yet for the third quarter. We will soon, um, this month actually. But I do believe that we have experienced a slowdown in the residential market since summer. And sometimes that's normal, but this year I think everyone's felt a little bit more and it'll be interesting to see, will 2019, when the spring market comes, will it be as hot as the last five years? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's It's been going up for a while, Van, yeah. just like the stock market. Yeah. Hard to predict. 
Well, this is a fascinating topic, and yeah. we can learn more about it. Uh, if you want to learn more about it from Jason, just reach out to, to Jason Wheelock at Compass Realty, and he can fill you in as the expert of real estate Absolutely. for Atlanta. But I want to bring on our guest. We've got today a really great, interesting business that's uh, come to Chambly a few years ago. Uh, Stephanie Bramble, did I pronounce that correct? You did. Yep. With Dutchman's Design. Yeah. Stephanie? Dutchman's Casual Living. Dutchman's Casual Living. Okay. But we do designs. You as do well. designs. Well, so. welcome, Stephanie, to the show. We Thank appreciate you. you coming on. So tell us a little bit about exactly what Dutchman's is. So, Dutchman's is a furniture and home accessory store, and we also carry a large range of gifts. So, everything's a little bit eclectic. There's a mix of. Um, modern furniture and traditional furniture, shabby chic furniture. So there's something really for everybody in my store. Uh, And we help people, you know, put their houses together too. Because like you were saying before, there's so many people that are buying or renovating houses and the market around here is kind of crazy. Uh, People are coming to us and they just have no idea how to pull their room together or their whole house. So we actually go out to their homes and take a look at their space and then we can help them choose the right pieces. So it's not necessarily just a retail, hey, I'm coming and buying something and going home. You actually interact with your customers by physically going to their homes. Yeah, we do, definitely. I mean, we sell everything off the floor as well, so our inventory changes constantly. But then if you have trouble putting your home together will come out and help. Now this is all new stuff. So you're not an antique store. This is not antiques, is it? Definitely not antiques. Definitely not antiques. I don't know anything about antiques. (laughs) Yet yet you you located in the antique capital of the South. Was that on purpose or how did you end up in Chambly? No, I actually, my husband and I live really close by here and our warehouse is um, in Norcross. Okay. So we would drive past Antique Grove like every day to go to the warehouse and then they started renovating the building and I was like, oh, this would be a fabulous store. Now tell, tell our clients exactly where in Shamble you are. So we're on Peachtree Road at 5420 mm-hmm. um, and it is the old um, Rust and Dust. Yeah, building. next to where yeah. Rust and Dust, which is now Gus's Fried Chicken. It is yeah. Gus's fried chicken. Do you eat there a lot? Can I say it, no? No, you don't have to. I'm curious, what's the genesis of the name Dutchman's? So my last name is actually Neuendijk. Bramble is my married name. Okay. Gotcha. And my dad is the Dutchman. So he's, he's no longer with us, but he was a furniture maker. And he was oh, an wow. artist and just an all-around um, talented guy. And I got a smidgen of that <laughs> gift, so um, I put it into my store. That's the this is the second episode in a row that we've got uh, a family lineage because right. uh, Dr. Episode Weimer we ha- had that's right. well, mom was Her a mom professor, was a professor and and chiropractor, yeah. oh, and now wow. we have uh, your father was in the furniture business. Yeah. So I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah. On between two trains. So, <laughs> I just a little plug for the yes, show. Yes, thank you. Yeah. 
So now the store here in Chamblee is not your own lo- only location, correct? No, it's my newest location. How many so locations do we have? Have four altogether. Four. Wow. All right. So we're a little bit more. So unlike Jason, our last guest, where mm-hmm. she was only in business for six months, here we got a little bit more seasoned, ma- veteran. mature nice entrepreneur it, here. Yeah. It's hot or not, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, four locations. Yep. Are they all here in Atlanta? Where are the- No, uh, the first one is in uh, Highlands, North Carolina. So it's up in the mountains. That Highlands is where all the furniture makers are, right? Isn't that you're, a big furniture? You're thinking of Hickory. Oh, Hickory. Yeah. Okay. So it's closer uh, to the coast. So gotcha. Highlands is like in the far western point of gotcha gotcha yeah i am thinking of hickory and high point and high point also a big yeah you're thinking all of that gotcha no it's not that they're not there so we got (laughs) uh, we got um one in north carolina two in north carolina so i have that one in highlands and then i have one on lake norman which is Mm -hmm. cornelius so just um 20 minutes north of charlotte Mm -hmm. and then here in shambly and then saint simon's island georgia all right, so those are pretty spread out. They are. Uh, How, so let's talk for a few minutes about that. As an entrepreneur, you've got these multiple locations. They're spread out. You can't just go reach out and touch your stores whenever you want. How do you manage that? I literally drive to each location every month and spend wow. probably about four or five days in each place. Cornelius, I probably spend a little bit longer because that's the largest store of the four. And I do all the merchandising and buying and just, I love creating a vision that kind of inspires customers. So I spend a lot of time on just you're on Make the road a lot. Is I there, drive a lot. Right. <laughs> is there a bit of economies of scale here? So you mentioned buying all the furniture. You yeah. know, are they all separate, or would you see a piece in every single store, like the same type piece? In same it? type piece. The finish, like the color, would change. Would change. Yeah. Um, and that's but, sort of catered to that market. It is because yeah. you know. Lake Norman, so you've got kind of lighter colors because it's on the lake, and the same in St. Simon's Islands because it's more beachy. Up in Highlands in the mountains, it's going to be the richer kind of, you know, darker stains. And here we're still trying to figure it out, both kind of cells here in Chambly, but I've yet to see, like, what the definite trend is. Can you is. tell us which of the four is the best-producing store? Probably Cornelius. Cornelius. Yeah. Was that the first or? No, it was the third store. Um, Highlands and St. Simons are both in heavy tourist areas. So I sell a lot more of the smaller products out of those stores. Okay. Hmm. And Cornelius, it's kind of like here. People are just building these crazy big houses and they need furniture to fill it with. So it's more of a furniture store. You walk in there and you definitely know you're in a furniture store. but. Not a typical. Thing. So Shambly's not number one. Not yet. <laughs> Do you expect it to move up in the rankings? It's growing very, very quickly. quickly. Um, when I opened that store. And now, when was that? So it was actually um, Thanksgiving of 2016, Black Friday. Okay. And so we're coming up on year two. Yeah. And before um, the end of our first year, actually expanded into the space next door. So we are like right up against Gus's chicken on one side and then um, hoping to expand again, if possible, in the near future. Is there any place left 
in that building to expand to? I thought everything's taken. It is, but we could possibly go out the back, kind of okay. go out that way. Um, you know that well, we, we, had, we had Taylor on the show. Yeah. He was a guest before, a great mm-hmm. uh, uh, developer and entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and we were thankful how he redeveloped that strip mall that was yeah. uh, you know, sort of run down, and now yeah. it's really a, a gym in our downtown. Yeah, the building is fantastic. I love old buildings. They have so much character. I would choose that over anything new. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious about how you came to have these stores uh, so, far so far apart. Far. Is there <laughs> is there a strategic purpose behind it or was it just sort of random selection? How did how did that come about? Because obviously you're driving a lot, like you said. Right. Yeah. And most people that start businesses usually have a plan. Um, I did not. So you're a seat, seat, you know, <laughs> yeah. by, by the seat of your pants type I of business. You might be surprised. A lot of business owners are like that, I think. Yeah. Uh, in Highlands, there's uh, a lot of people that have a home in Highlands and St. Simon's Island. And okay. I just had great customers and they're like, you have to open a store down there. So, so, so you let your customers move you to yeah. the, the location. Yeah. I had, um, I had a customer. Were you that, living in either of those places mm-hmm. at the time? No, only living in Highlands then. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had a customer that bought a couple of truckloads of furniture. So I drove them down there. Island was so busy and it was like, this would be a great place for a store. I not, never really thought about the distance, honestly. So I just opened that store um, in 2009. And then Cornelius um, happened just because there was a space that my husband found and he's like, this would make a great store. So <laughs> car broke down somewhere. <laughs> now you've mentioned your husband a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a partner or is this all your endeavor? And he just sort of lends support, you know, uh, is, do you have any partners or is it just you? Just me. Just you. Uh, his connection to it though is the Bramble company which our last name, his brother um, has a factory in Indonesia and all of our wood furniture is manufactured ah, there. So he's so your supplier. He, yeah, his brother is. <laughs> so and I used to work for his brother in Indonesia when I had two stores. I would go over there and be the creative director. So I would come up with furniture designs and new finishes so that they could show it at High Point Market. Okay. And once I got three stores, it was too much. So I let that go. Um, but I carry our Bramble product in all the stores and customers can come in and, you know, say, I want a Bramble. (laughs) Yeah. I want this table and they have like 80 different finishes to choose from. So then it's individually theirs. So that's kind of the great thing about our furniture as well. Gotcha. Where do you source things from? Is it pretty specific or do you have a bunch of different, a bunch of different, uh, I, like to also travel to different shows to mm-hmm. find one-off things. I like quirky, odd things. So I'll go to sometimes Round Top, Texas and go to the show there or Scott's Market here in Atlanta and mm-hmm. just pull things from all over. And if you're traveling in Europe or in, in Asia, then try and find things I can put on one of my containers and then send it back. So wow. no one else has it. <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating. And, you know, we... I love hearing the story and whatnot, and I like to say that you can listen to this show and almost get an MBA from listening to these business owners. So I want to focus a little bit about being an entrepreneur and what that took. And so you open, think back now, when was the first store opened? How many years ago? In 2000. 
Okay. So we're talking 18 years okay. ago. <laughs> Think back, you know, what were you going through opening that store? How did you get it financed? What was it like being this entrepreneur opening a store from scratch? So it really is uh, the American dream in a sense, and which is kind of funny since I'm not American. Okay. But I was working and doing craft shows on the weekends to make extra money. And I made a deal with myself that if I, you know, made $10,000 at Yellow Daisy show, that I would open my store. And wow. yeah, there is a picture of me holding up 10 fingers saying that, that I is did an it. awesome yeah. picture. So, I would love to put that on our website if you can <laughs> yeah, let us I see it. I have to can't make it. that up. I'll um, tell you what. So you started with $10,000 and said, here, I'm opening this store. Did you have to borrow more money or was that, that, that was is? It. So that everything out yeah. of pocket. So now here we are on store number four mm -hmm. over that time frame. Yeah. Have you done every store out of your personal funds or did you have to actually go out and borrow money to open any of these? I borrowed some money to do the Shambly store. Everything else was just me putting it back into the, into the business, just doing it. Yeah. I That's just, great. um, it didn't occur to me to go and ask for money actually. So when we have young entrepreneurs just starting out, mm -hmm. that's a common question. Hey, you know, I'm either doing it with some family money or borrowing money or whatnot. Right. What I want to know, though, is so there are listeners can understand what it's like being an entrepreneur that's been in business now going on almost two decades. You know, what's your plan for most entrepreneurs? They keep funneling money into their business. Yes. What's the exit out how are you saying when when do you say all right i need to flip the switch and start pulling money out i haven't gotten there yet so I'm you're, still, you're still in act two you haven't gotten to act three i haven't i just um i just keep putting it in and i i think if it came to the day where i was just uh not excited about going into one of my stores and changing it and recreating it and making it beautiful then that's when I would think I've got to have a plan to get out of here, but right now I'm still putting everything back into yeah. it that I can. So, Van, don't you think that's a lot of business owners who are good at what they do? And you, as a financial planner, you love diversity, but many business and I also owners like planning. We, you like and what too. we have here is a <laughs> seasoned <laughs> entrepreneur that really doesn't do any planning, and uh, you know has not sat there and thought about creating a plan for yeah. her exit strategy. Not that I'm saying that's no, wrong, I need to. I but need I think, to. you know, my advice for your free financial planning <laughs> advice yes. for the day is you should sit down and think about what that exit strategy looks like. So right. you have it in your head yes. so that you're not just winging it when it comes right. time. You know, right. I would bet you, you probably don't even know exactly how much your business is worth. I don't. Yeah. Most, most yeah. entrepreneurs don't. They don't, they've never gone out and spent any money getting, you know, evaluation done right. because if you haven't had to borrow money, right. then you've never had to go to the bank and say, this is how much I'm worth. Right. Yeah. Right. What's challenging with some businesses too, and this is in real estate a lot of times is people work with you for what you do and it's hard to sometimes sell that. Right. And it sounds like similarly in your business, you are the inspiration for a lot of what appears in the store. Yes. Yeah. So, Van, how do you tackle that 
from a valuation standpoint? Well, you know, typically when you tackle a valuation, it's strictly on the finances. There's some multiple right. of your income stream or your the assets that you hold within your business. So can you put a dollar amount on her expertise and mm -hmm. her? No, you can't. Um, and so someone is not, if she said, I'm going to sell my business, they're not buying her expertise because she's going to be gone out of the business. Right. What they're buying is what that business is worth to mm -hmm. them as an income stream. Yeah. yeah. I have heard that my business would be hard to sell because of the way I set my stores up. I've tried to streamline them a little bit mm -hmm. so that anybody could do it, but then there's that creative aspect of it that... Yeah. If I'm gone, it's gone, probably. Well, I've got a few ideas on that, but we'll talk about okay. those off <laughs> offline about how you can do that. Multiple benefits of coming on between two that's trains. That's right. That's right. You get some free financial advice nice. and free real estate advice. Um, so we're going to take a short break while we hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and play a fun game called Hot or Not. So stay tuned to Between Two Trains. Oh, our sign has fallen off the wall, Jason. <laughs> the Between Two Trains sign is about to attack two trains, us. I think, you know, it's coming down the tracks. Hey, you've been listening to Between Two Trains. Stay tuned. Looking for an affordable, functional, and creative space to work? Check out 3411 Coworking in downtown Chambly. They have flexible month-to-month -month office space options that include fiber internet, meeting rooms, printing, coffee, snacks, and networking events. 3411 Coworking is the perfect place for entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners looking for a one-stop shop for your professional needs. Stop by for a tour Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and see how 3411 Coworking can work for you. If you recently got divorced, you may be wondering how to pick up all of the financial pieces. Is it time to make a new budget, new goals, and get a new game plan with your investments? What about the best way to save money on your taxes? Take control of your money future. Go to OxygenFinancial.net to schedule a complimentary meeting today. Go to OxygenFinancial.net to get started right now. Securities offered through Kestrin Investment Services, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Kestrin Advisory Services, an affiliate of Kestrin Investment Services. Oxygen is not affiliated with Kestrin. Welcome back to Between Two Trains. You can hear us on BetweenTwoTrains.com, or if you're in your car, just pop open your podcasting app, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes or whatever your favorite app is, and spend 30 minutes and listen to our show. So, Jason, before the... Uh, the break, we were talking with Stephanie Bramble. Stephanie, uh, we are going to play a game called Hot or Not. Yeah. And so, uh, Jason, if you don't mind, I'll take the first uh, Go ahead, Hot please. or Not. I'm, I've got so many choices here. <laughs> so the reason why I like this Hot or Not, we don't use it that often because it really doesn't apply, but you now have a thriving business. You have multiple locations. You have how many employees? between all the locations around 25 all right 25 so and i'm assuming each uh business has a manager that it you does. rely on so the hot or not is um sharing financials with your employees is it a hot thing to share your financials with them or not such a hot thing not such a hot thing so you don't share your financials i with do not them? okay mm -hmm. is there a you know a logic behind not sharing them or you just hey this is mine Keep it tight to the vest. Honestly, it's probably, this is mine, keep it close to, to the me. Vest. And I, their job is really just to make sales and run my stores. So 
Yeah. You know, unless I'm in dire straits, I don't see any reason for them to know that. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I think that depends on the type of business you're in too, Van. Some businesses are more prone to that. You know, like in real estate, a lot of companies have, they share those statements with folks, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't, I mean, what do you think? I think you're kind of right and kind of wrong. So I think this is oh. both a hot and a not so <laughs> right. hot. And I would it's lukewarm. <laughs> I would. I'm not questioning Stephanie. I mean, yeah. she knows her business much right. better than I. I don't know her employees. I don't know her managers. But what a lot of the studies have found are that employees that are more feel like they're more involved with the business yeah. provide better. You know, they're better employees. They yeah. provide better service. They they feel like, hey, I'm I'm sort of involved. It's not just a paycheck for me. Right. So and I wouldn't necessarily say the salesperson on the sales floor for you. Right. Yeah. But maybe your store managers who are a little bit probably more important to you. Yes. You know, you gotta say, All right, am I gonna share with them the sales of this store so they know how right. well they're doing? Am I gonna have them competing with each other to be that top store. Right. Well, as far as that goes, they do, I mean, they are looking at their sales and the system that I have in place allows them to see what each of the other stores are doing. So there is a competitiveness. From a sales perspective. From a sales perspective. But you're not showing them bottom line stuff. I'm not, no. That's fair. That's good. I have a good one that we don't use much, but I think it's uh, (laughs) perfect for the business you're in, and it's hot or not belonging to a trade organization. Oh, yeah. Is there like certain groups, furniture groups that you belong to or... There isn't actually, but I don't think it's a, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I do for sure. Um, so if there was a furniture group, you would belong to it. Yeah, definitely. What about local organizations? Let me put a plug yeah. in for our beginning sponsor. The very first sponsor we had, which was the Shambly Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Yeah. So would you, is that an organization? That? Yeah. I'm a Shambly guy. You know, I'm <laughs> going to plug the Shambly Chamber. Is that an organization you say, Hey, I, you know. De- yeah, definitely. And if, if they're ever having meetings, they always um, send me an invitation mm-hmm. or in- include me. It's just I'm on the road so much that I don't you get can't a chance participate. to get there. Yeah. yeah, but definitely. I think, again, I think that's very business specific. And I have a little trivia question, Van. Do you know what the largest trade organization in the world is? Uh, I don't. What is it, Jason? It's the National Association of Realtors. Uh, that makes sense. There are a lot of realtors it's, out there. Yeah, so that that I didn't know that until I got into the business. Right. But um, anyway, thought that you don't meet a lot of folks that are in the you know the furniture business, right? It's very it's very niche. You know, you meet a lot of real estate agents. Yeah, and financial Everybody planners. Everybody seems to have a real estate yeah. license. Yeah. So, Van, what you got? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That made me laugh for some reason. All right. So um, we already identified that you're not a business plan kind of entrepreneurs so we, we won't go down that route I, I but am more now than I was in the oh really getting just from yeah having to be so w- explain that let's let's go on a side tangent okay. here since you <laughs> since you brought it up what do you well, mean no, by you bad. are more now do you do like an annual business plan or so is it I still have, just rolling around in your no, head no no I have a new accounting firm that I that is actually here in Chambly um that used to be in North Carolina and it's just, it's a younger firm and they're trying by the end of the year to actually have me on some kind of plan, put me in the right direction, really look at everything, see how I can save money and just help me more before yeah. all I had really was, 
you know, a bookkeeper and mm-hmm. um, an accountant that did my taxes. Yeah. And that was it. And I was winging most of it. But as I've found, when you grow and get bigger and you have more employees, I, you know, you, just, you can't yeah. keep an eye on everything. Yeah. So I just had to find somebody that kind of knows the financial side of it. Yeah. I will tell you in my 20 years of, of being a financial planner, being in financial services, what I found are the most successful people are the ones that can manage that income and expense statement. So I applaud you for getting that in line with a, a firm, you know, a CPA firm or whoever you're using, um, because you're right, it's easier to make those decisions when you know exactly right. where all the money's going. Right, right. So, yep. well, talking about the money, the hot or not that I was leading up to was you've got four stores, you've done it all yourself. I applaud that. Store number five, store number six, whenever they come, if they come, would you ever consider, hot or not, bringing on an equity partner to go in with you? I would, yes. Okay. I would. I realize... Jason, you want (laughs) to open a... A furniture store, a Dutchman's yeah. in... in uh... I don't know if you want to be my partner in furniture business. <laughs> I've never had a partner either, so I'm not sure how I would deal with one. Okay. But saying that, um, I get probably an email or customers asking every week, could you open a store here? Could you open a store there? And I am kept pretty busy going from store to store, but I also have other design projects that I do aside from being in my yeah, I think I think my advice to you on that front would be yeah. you have to decide when have I hit that critical mass for myself right. mm-hmm. and when do I want to maybe franchise this so that the name is out there right. and I'm receiving an income stream but I'm not necessarily involved with the store in right. Florida or California or wherever you, you might open you yeah. know, the other stores. Yeah, I've been asked if I would franchise it but I've been asked that for years now and I just I know I've always heard that there's so much to it that I've never looked into it so um well then it's all about quality control right it's that's the biggest thing when franchising something is will they really reproduce what I there's definitely a sense of all of a sudden you're changing who you are as an entrepreneur right now she's very driven by the design itself picking out having her hands on all aspects of it once you franchise you are taking that out of your hands and you're having to put together a guidebook and hope that the people that you franchise it to follow that and you have to follow up to make sure they are following it, which is time consuming. So I think that's hard too because I think if any entrepreneur is probably a little bit of a control freak and to, you know, have something that you've built change and not really have too much control over what other people do is um, that would be a real challenge for me. Mm-hmm. I think. Did you grow up in Australia, by the way? I'm just curious. I did. I was born in New Zealand and grew up in Australia. Yeah. What is? How would one tell the difference between a New Zealand and an Australian accent? Oh my gosh, that's a huge difference. <laughs> I think you just offended her. <laughs> huge difference. Yeah. Just a dumb American right here. I can't tell. It's like uh, it's like Americans and Canadians. Canadians get so offended if they're called American. So it's you yeah. know, but people in Australia can't always tell the difference in that accent. But I need to visit. I don't know it's, that I can tell the difference in that accent either. But that's okay. <laughs> it's high on my list. I want to yeah. get there. To, so. to Australia or New Zealand? Both. It's yeah. it's so, so far. close together. If yeah. you're down that way. You kind of have to. You might as well to. go to both. Yeah. <laughs> Was that an 18-hour flight? Something crazy. 
Man. Well, I've got one last Hotter Knocks. We're approaching the end of our time, and uh, I've done this a number of times. We haven't done it in a few episodes, but Hot or Not, Downtown Shambly. Hot. Hot? Yeah. Okay. What, what makes it hot? It's just there. I think it's because it's getting this great vibe about it, and it's just I know all the changes that are coming, and I it's exciting that you know Dutchman's is a part of it. Yeah, you're gonna be right where your locate is gonna be right in the heart of a uh, a lot of really cool yeah. stuff coming over no, the next three to five years. They've started the brewery right behind us. You got a brewery coming behind yeah. you, and <laughs> then uh, there's gonna be a development in that vacant lot behind you as well. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that that's just been uh, you know worked approved. on, oh, that's not approved yet, but it's approved. been worked okay. on. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a great place to be, I think. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Before we leave, you want to tell people, um, you know, how to get a hold of you. Do they just stop in, or do they just call you, or in. you have a website? We do. So it's DutchmansDesigns.com. Okay. And we're open seven days a week. So um, every time you. You know, think you're going to stop by just coming. We're usually always there. So, do you do since you mentioned the website? Do you do marketing outside of just the website and word of mouth? Is there like a social media presence? You know, are you mailing flyers to people's homes? Not mailing flyers, but um, we've got a great following on Instagram and Facebook. So our social media is is pretty strong. We're posting every day. So. Yeah. Is that as an entrepreneur, is that what you suggest, you know, to our young entrepreneurs listening to us, trying to learn what to do from a seasoned veteran? Is that what you recommend posting every single day or? I would, especially, especially on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat. That's really where it is right now. And advertising in, in print ads gets really expensive. And if you're just starting out, social media is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Jason, thank you again for being my co-host. And you've Thanks, been, man. You're welcome. Well, you've been listening to Between Two Trains, a bi-monthly business podcast that uh, airs on the 1st and the 15th of every month. Uh, check us out. Tell your friends to check us out. Uh, we're getting a lot of great traction. And if you'd like to come on the show, please reach out and let us know, and we'll see what we can do. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>